Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Exciting. Man, good evening. Saturday night doesn't feel so bad, does it? It's going to be nice. We'll go eat dinner afterwards. It's going to be incredible what God does on Saturday nights this fall here at Destiny. And thank you so much for coming and, and just, uh, just, just inviting people and showing up and, and prioritizing this moment because we really think it's important for you. We're, we're in a series, called, um, a series called Emotional, and uh, it, it, I probably couldn't have more appropriately, appropriately named this series because we had an emotional day today, didn't we, worship team? Then we production team. I mean, it was crazy. We were trying to figure out how to set up in this place. There was a grounding issue that we had no idea what was going on. We thought it was interference, and it was about an hour and a half of headaches and Azrael going all the way back home and grabbing some instrument. And, and, and can we just give it up for all worship and production team? And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for pressing through. Thank you for really leading us into worship. Um, I'm so thankful. I really felt like that moment of worship that the Lord showed up and there was some impartation tonight to you as you were in that. And I hope that you received that well. And it's always good to worship with our family in every way possible. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is where we're going to be in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we, we know this verse, and we're going to be there, but I want to I just talk um, real quickly about what we're trying to do over the next uh, several weeks with this established campaign. I, you heard a, a long vision on a new home for our church, but what we are doing specifically we're going to have some pledge cards here next week that you can grab as a family or an individual and you can take those and pray over those and 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 you know these these buildings you wish that that the church building would just just exist that it would just happen it would just come but but God he always includes his people in what he's building he includes his people not in just building structures, but in making disciples. That disciples don't just happen without you participating. This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to participate. And I'm thankful that we get to participate with God in these moments and show up in a powerful ways to, to do what he wants to do. And, and after that three weeks, we're going to take and we're going to see what God does through it. And, and we're all praying and searching and looking for land and buildings and possibilities and we just know that God is going to open up the door. It's a faith journey that we're on. And, and I say that we're on. I don't, want, I don't want to keep anybody in the dark. I don't want any secrets. I want to just say this is where we are. We're on Saturday nights right now because there are no schools open for churches to meet in. There's no place for our church to meet. And so we're meeting here. Thankfully, Destiny Church has really helped us and just opened up their arms to us to let us have this place. Now, I just want to let you know, um, it, it would be amazing if everybody wants to send an email to Destiny because they're actually letting us utilize this place at no cost on Saturday nights. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Such a blessing. And I think if we overwhelm them with some emails, then, then perhaps they'll continue that generosity, you know? Perhaps they will. 
You know, we, uh, there was a group of us, it feels like a day of, of missionary work. Have anybody ever done mission work overseas or maybe local where you went to another place and you assembled a building and, and then you had a worship set at night and, and then you went to go debrief afterwards? Today feels a lot like that for a few of us. A few of us actually showed up at the food bank this morning. And we were there at 9 a.m. for this, for packing these boxes for seniors. Over 800 boxes were packed. Over 25,000 pounds of food were packed in that two hours. That, that, it's just amazing what God did through our church um, this morning. And I wanted to bring up Vicki. Vicki. Y'all give it up for Vicki. She's incredible. Now, now, Vicky, I'm going to give somebody some. I'm going to give everybody some background on you because they don't know you. They don't know you. Vicky is talented in every way. She plays drums, guitar, sings, draws, acts. Um, um, friends, she, if you need a friend, she'll be your friend. She does it all. It's really incredible. And she she came to Luminous you now about six months ago, eight months ago. November of last year, almost a year, almost your year anniversary. That's awesome. And uh, she's dove uh, just head first. She's in our life group, Brainy and Mind's life group, her and Rock attend. And I just wanted her to share just a, just a moment of this morning and how that was impactful for you. So like I said, uh, I'm Vicki, and I've been here since uh, November of last year. Um, one of the things that solidified my decision to continue uh, coming to Luminous and, and getting involved was just the love for people, the love for the community, and that servant leadership. And so this morning, we went to go serve at the San Antonio Food Bank. Um, and so it was a few of us here, as well as some other volunteers around San Antonio. And it was just a huge blessing. We had a goal of 500 boxes, 500 boxes for the elderly. And during this time of COVID, the elderly were, were hit you know, really hard. A lot of them lost their lives. A lot of them had to go into isolation. And it was very challenging for them to get access to food because, you know, things got a little crazy for a while and everyone was rushing to the stores. And so for a lot of uh, elderly, this is the only meal that they were going to have each month. And so um, just us being able to be a part of that was what made a huge impact on me because we, we set out with a goal of 500. We were able to communicate and, and get to love on other people that were there volunteering and sharing where we came from and who we were and, and just like blow that goal out of the water. But like he said, we we boxed over 800 boxes for the Yeah, and, and, and Vicki, you, you actually were intentional because there was, a, there was a new lady there, and she was all by herself. She was kind of looking around, and, and then we engaged her, and then you invited her to participate with you packing and just telling her about Jesus and the church. That's pretty powerful, right? Yeah, absolutely. She was uh, new to San Antonio. I've only been here for a couple months, and so um, she was volunteering, and I was able to kind of share a little bit about the church, and she's in the process of kind of finding what her new church home is and you know we, we just kind of loved on each other and talked and chatted and exchanged numbers at the end and I'm, I'm really going to be you know praying for her and hoping that she'll you know find a home here at Luminous or if we can you know pray for her and just maybe she can find a home somewhere in San Antonio. That's right. All right. Give it up for Vicky. Come on. Thank you so much.
pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing when you, when you live on mission. That, that we wouldn't just be a church that just assembles on a Saturday night, but we'd be a church that's in the city for the city to help win the city with the gospel of Jesus. It's what God's called us to do. It's why we showed up this morning. It's why we've gotten out of our comfort zones to befriend people, to love people that, that may not look like us. And, and I, that's really what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about emotional community. Emotional community. Have you ever grown up with siblings? Anybody grow up with siblings? Or anybody grow up with some close friendships? How many of you know that when you grow up with siblings, I'm the middle child of three boys and so I'm the middle and and everything was emotional in our family if you know what I mean like you had to be loud in order to be heard how many know that's true like if you're going to get anybody if you're going to get your parents to listen to you that allowance is going up whatever it is you have to be loud you you have to speak long to be understood how many know that's true where it's like I know I really have to explain what's happening I have to I have to explain it I have to I have to really talk through it. You know, it, it, the truth is, is any family has emotional ups and downs, don't they? They have these emotional ups and downs. They, they're all emotional. They're sometimes erratic. Sometimes they're, 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 there's drama within the family. Have you noticed that? There's a little drama. Maybe there's a falling out. Maybe, maybe there's some unfair treatment, some partiality within the family. Anybody experience some partiality? Maybe you were mistreated. This is your time to raise your hand. That's me. God, you see me? You see me? I need a double blessing tonight. You know, that's what I need. It's so true. Like, there's this moment where we're just trying to be understood, where we're trying to get out and and the, the thing about it is, is some of us were just waiting to leave our family so we could start our own family, so we could have our own way. One day, I'm going to have an apartment where I could watch what I want to watch, eat what I want to eat, and do what I want to do. And, and so some of you college students, young professionals, you've already ventured out doing that life. You've already, you have your bachelor, bachelorette pad. You, you get to do whatever you want. You, you decorate it how you want it to be decorated or not decorated at all because you really don't care, you know? So you may fall in that camp. That was me oftentimes. And so we tried to move on and maybe establish a new family or whatever it may be. And, and then it, it, it comes to this, the fact is that you never really escape family, do you? You never really get out of family that, in fact, you constantly find yourself in your family, your biological family, and even through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, you are still blood. You are still related, and you're still going to see each other. Well, the truth is, is God doesn't just call you to a natural family. And I'm going to tell you that family is important. Your natural family is very important. It's important for you to have great relationships and break bread together and, and reconcile those relationships. And anything that's been severed in those family units, it's important for you to reconcile them. But I want to tell you that God's called you to a spiritual family. Everybody say spiritual family. Spiritual family, thank you. It's good to have some kids and some youth in here tonight. Come on, give it up for the children. They, they're participating. It's good for us to have some spiritual family. In fact, spiritual family, I would say, goes deeper than blood family. 
That, that spiritual family, that the family that God has placed you in goes deeper than blood family. Now, it's great when you have both, right? When your spiritual family and your blood family are all the same. You're all in Christ. But how many of you know that, that Jesus knew this, that, that, that there was going to be moments where you'd be called to your spiritual family and there may be some divide within your natural biological family? Right, where there would be some, Jesus talks about how, how you know, that, that within your family, you, they may hate one another. That the kingdom may actually divide you in some ways because you're choosing Jesus and they're anti-Jesus or anti-Christ. And so spiritual family is very important, but how many of you know spiritual family is emotional? How many of you have been in church at any moment and you get a little emotional? Get a little frustrated with some people. You know, your life group, you're a little frustrated with them. Maybe you're serving on a team, you're a little frustrated with them. Maybe, maybe you're a part of a church, hypothetically, that hasn't really met in five months and you never got a phone call from them and you're wondering if they even care about you. I mean, is that anybody tonight? We are sorry. We are sorry. Spiritual family can make you mad, but God has called us to it. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we all were made to drink of one spirit. How many of you have been water baptized? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Leave it up. All right, look around. Look around. I just want to let you know. Look to your left, look to your right. That's your family. That's your family right there. How many of you don't know some of your family in here? Go ahead and keep it raised. Maybe you're watching online. Go ahead and raise an emoji or raise something, you know, something that we can interact with you on tomorrow morning as you're watching the service, right? Some of us don't even know our family, the spiritual family that we're with. But we have all been baptized into one family. There is either Jew or Greek, either black or white, either right, Latino or Asian. We are one family. That we are called to be one family. And we are all drinking of the same spirit. Of the same spirit. You may wonder maybe um, if you're from a more liturgical background of going to church where all of a sudden they're breaking bread from one loaf and then you have to drink of the same cup and you try to dodge it out. Like, I'm not going up there. I'm not drinking after that person. You, you, you're making sure that you're around. You're behind the right person. So, you know, if at least you get their germs and not the person 10 people back from you or 10 people ahead of you. You drink of one cup. There's a reason why churches have established that. It's from this verse because there's something powerful about this whole idea of us drinking and partaking of the Lord's Supper from the same bread, from the same cup. There's something powerful that has sustained the church for hundreds of years. These liturgies bring it together. All of a sudden, everybody is drinking from this same cup, whether you're black or you're white or you're Asian or you're Latino or whatever ethnicity you are, you're all drinking from the same cup. And in our non-denominational church, we're like, we're not going to drink from the same cup because it's gross. So I have to talk about it. Since we're not all drinking from the same cup tonight, I have to talk about it, that we are drinking from the same cup. 
we're drinking from the same spirit, that we are all drinking from what the Lord has for us. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that they, there would be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. Everybody say, one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That we are all of the same blood. We are all of the same bloodline. Those who are in Christ, we all have the same blood. We are all a part of one another. And this is challenging. Because some of us do not want to do relationship with somebody else in this room, hypothetically speaking. Or somebody doesn't want to do relationship maybe with somebody else in the body. But the truth is God has called us to a great sacrificial relationship, a great emotional relationship in response to that person. I say it's emotional because of this. There is a conflict in your soul maybe to talk to that person. There's a conflict in your soul to maybe start a relationship with this person. We, we want to choose. Uh, we love to choose. See, our differences should unite us and not divide us. This is what God's called us to. And, and, and I know this very well because I'm married. I'm married. And if you're single, you know this because you've got a roommate. Right? Because all of a sudden, you're with somebody who who doesn't look like you, doesn't act like you, has different preferences than you. When Brandy and I set out to plant the church, I'm so thankful for every nation, churches, and ministries because they sent us to an assessment center. Do you, do you have what it takes, in our opinion, to plant a church? Meaning, if you plant this church, will it break you? Well, uh, honestly, anything can break me. Just, just ask, ask anybody around me. So we went to this assessment center, and the counselor sat in front of us, and he looked at her personality profile, and he looked at my personality profile, and he said this, first year of marriage was hard, wasn't it? He never met us, never talked to us. We never had any encounter. All he did was look at some personality profiles, and all we did is look at each other and say, oh, you have no idea, no idea. 
I mean, there were things thrown, doors locked, cars peeling out of parking lots. There were maybe some words inappropriately spoken. There were, there were so many things, the first year of marriage, and, and I was constantly insecure because I was like, when's this woman going to leave me? Because we are so different. But I love that God united our differences because he is glorified in our differences together. That I'm a better man because I married that woman. And, man, and contrary to what she would say, she's a better woman because she married me. We're better together, you know, because, because our differences had, a, had us working together. And here's the thing is, we would have never gotten married without Christ. Without Jesus, we, there would no, be no way we'd have a relationship. All the movies that she owned, I've never even seen for love for basketball. Some of these movies, I just, I didn't even know what those were. Man, this, this guy just doesn't know much. And she didn't know my movies, you know. She didn't know all my romantic comedies and all my, all my stories of fantasy relationships. And, and, and I wish she would have because it would have really set her up for some expectations, right? It would have really set her up to know that there's only one woman in the world for me and I chose her and that was her. And she's my Cinderella to this prince that, that, that God destined this together. And, and, and if she would have just known that, maybe there would have been some more appreciation. But the truth is, is we were different. And differences make you better. Everybody look around. You're different. Those differences make us better. Those differences in our church make us better. That, that God is glorified in those differences. It's what he does. And, and, and so here, it's, I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to bring down the curtain a little bit. If you're single in here, just find somebody else who loves Jesus, and it's going to work out. It's going to work out. You'll be married, you'll be happy, and you will fight like cats and dogs, but you're going to work it out, and God will be glorified. Some of you are just waiting for that Prince Charming. Some of you are still waiting for your Cinderella. I'm just telling you, find somebody who loves Jesus, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. Now, some of you don't like that because you're like, no, I've been praying for 35 years for the right one. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be praying for a lot longer because the older you get, single the more selfish you become before you're married right because you like your preferences you like your preferences you you know you know how you like your towels you know how what kind of lotion you like you know the scent you know where to put the toothpaste you know all that stuff right you know it all and the longer you wait in those habits the harder it is going to be because you will be set in your ways i'm just freeing you up right now that's for free The, the, world, the world would define community differently than we define community. See, the world defines community by finding common, common interest and rallying around those interests. Oh, we all like CrossFit. We're a community. Oh, we, we, all, like, we all like barbecue. We're a community. We all like cars. We all like uh, a Call of Duty. We all like that. That's our community. And so community happens, and you, you may remember this in high school. Maybe you remember this where, where community was all the athletes, 
right? It was, it was all the people in the band who would one day be on the worship team. Praise God for band. It, it, was, it was all these different things, and it divided, it divided us, and it became very click-like. And all of a sudden, your community was what you had in common in the natural. And then it, when you lose your ability, when you can't do CrossFit anymore, you fall out of community. When you went all of a sudden, you realize that you can't eat barbecue anymore, that you have to go, you have to go vegetarian, you, you lose your community. I want to tell you that, that God's community is different because our interest is Christ and Christ alone. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. That is our community. That is our like-mindedness. That what brings us together. And so, so we have people who are going to vote red in November, and we have people who are going to vote blue in November. And I'm telling you, that's going to bring some emotional conflict, isn't it? It is. But our unity is Christ. Our unity is Jesus, and it has to be Jesus. It has to be him. Otherwise, we'll fall out of it. We'll find it and then fall out of it and find it and then fall out of it. But when God calls you to a community, you're in it. This is what he wants for us. And he understands community because God is community in and of himself. He's the Trinity, the triune God. He has complete unity within himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all existing as God together in perfect relationship and harmony. And then he creates us in Genesis chapter 2 in his image that we would be these people that find community and find perfect community with the body and the people that he's placed around us. And you have Adam who's constantly looking for this type of community on earth. He's looking at, he's looking at the lions and the tigers and the elephants. And he's realizing they look different than him. They look all different and he can't find that community so God puts him into deep sleep and as he sleeps God fashions a woman out of his rib and when he wakes up there's a mirror for him and he finds that there is this community right before him. See community happens within humanity. God's Imago Dei, his creation, how he has made us and we have to quit dismembering the body. We have to quit dismembering the body. It's, and I like that term, dismembering. Have you ever seen Braveheart where they dismembered his body? Have you ever seen like there's moments of dismemberment? Maybe you read Judges. You see a graphic dismemberment in the book of Judges, right, with a concubine. And, and here's the thing is dismemberment is awful because it's severing that which is supposed to be whole. That's which is supposed to be complete. It, it's severing this, this body. And it, it's one of the most graphic things that we could do is to separate the body. For God created the body and he placed it together. That was his will for there to be the body. And it's a representation of the church. And we have to quit dismembering the body. We have to quit cutting off pieces that we don't like and, and shunning them away. And we have to stop doing this. This is what God's called us to do. And, and I'm telling you, it's become real popular to start dismembering the body. Cancel culture. Different terms like this that happen where it's like, oh, I'm going to have nothing to do with that person. We just start writing people off. Start writing off the body of Christ. If I were to look at everybody's social media in this room, I'm going to tell you right now, 
there would be some cancel culture in this room. There would be. There would be moments where we start writing people off, but God has called us to community and to bring us into this relationship to reconcile us. And he's called us to a ministry of reconciliation. Where there's divide, he's called us to reconcile. Where there's any severing or any dismemberment, he's called us to put the pieces back together. It's amazing how the Christian faith as a general rule in the Christian Judeo faith, they, they did burials of bodies. They wouldn't, they wouldn't cremate as a rule of thumb or they wouldn't begin to do that because there was something sacred about this body that God created. Now, I'm not saying that's what you're supposed to do or have to do, but what happened through that, they put value on the body. They put value on this, and that's just a shadow of the value we should put on Christ's body, his church. His body, his church, how much we should care for it and honor it and love it and bring it back into right relationship. In 2 Corinthians 15, 17, it says this, this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ God was reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We employ you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled. So we begin to close tonight. I just want to encourage you. Is there a relationship that's not right within your community, within the church that God has placed you in? Is there a relationship that's been severed? Is there a relationship that's been broken? I want to encourage you that you are a reconciler. That this is what God's called you to. He's called you to reconcile. He's called you to start winning others over. He started calling you to start loving those who seem unlovable. This is what God has called us to do. He's called us to do life with one another. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it didn't take the church to very long to assemble together. You see, as 3,000 responded to Peter's message and, and many people were coming to the gospel as they heard about what Jesus has done for them and how he truly changed them in this moment, the church was all about meeting together because there's things that happen when we meet together that begin to reconcile a relationship. There's things that happen as we meet together that reconcile this relationship. We start, we, we break bread together in homes. We begin to fellowship with one another. We begin to pray with one another. We hear the apostles teaching together. We share all the things that we have in common with one another, distributing them to the oppressed, the poor, and the widow, those who are without. This is what God has called you to do. James 5.19 says this, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. If any of us were to go to those who are wandering, those who are lost, and rescue them and reconcile them back to the Father, 
the Lord is honored through that. He's glorified through that. He's loved through that. And he never calls you to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. See, this is a beautiful thing about a good father. If he speaks, he's going to do it himself. He saw a world that was wondering. He saw people that were wondering who were lost. They were damned to hell. That there was going to be no life and no opportunity for them, but God saw them and decided, I'm going to rescue them. So he sent his son, Jesus, to live on this earth as a perfect human and perfect God. He was going to live this perfect life for 33 years, and then he was going to give his life in exchange for our life so that you and I wouldn't have to wonder anymore. You and I wouldn't have to go about looking anymore, but we would find a home and a place. This is what God has called us to do. He did it for us. It's time for us to do it for others. This is our mission. This is our mandate. And community that has mission together really does stay together. A community that lives this life for Jesus. Father, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, examine our heart. I thank you for David. When David said, search my heart, oh God, and there's anything wrong inside of me, anything that's wicked or unclean, if there's anything not loving, if there's anything prideful or conceited, if there's anything selfish that's keeping me back from relationships, God, I pray that you right now would renew me, change me, and give me new direction, give me new hope, give me new peace. In Jesus' name.